Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Rachel. I'm here with my husband, Zach, and we are so excited that you've taken time today to listen. So excited. We believe that God has created you on purpose to win your world, to be in relationship with Him and tell others about Him. And so we know today is going to be challenging and super helpful. So if it is encouraging to you, make sure you share the podcast with someone, whatever platform you're listening on, make sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on what comes up next. That's right. We are thrilled to be with you and we will catch up on what's going on, but let's play a game first. Let's have another. I'm, I'm just in the oh, draft. I'm in good. the drafting mood. We played oh. a game similar to this last time. Actually, I'm going to change it on the fly. <gasps> you didn't know what I was going to do in the first place. So. I'm not prepared for it. All right. So you ready? So we're going to, we were going to do the top three. On parenting, top three things on parenting. Like, but never mind. Your favorite, yeah, top, like your favorite things about parenting. Well, my favorite things about parenting. But let's parenting, do okay. the least favorite things about uh, parenting. Do you want to go first since I went first last time? Yes. Uh, yes, I'll go first. Okay. I'm going to take, since last time you cheated, mm-hmm. I'm going to take potty training in general. So like cleaning poopy diapers, all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to take the potty training. Specifically, the poo portion of parenting. <laughs> I am going to take the lack of sleep portion of parenting. Mm, that hasn't really impacted me a whole lot. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay, so you, I took poo. You took sleeping. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to take whining. Mm. Whining. Mm. I'm going to take feeding. Now, this covers Ooh, multiple spaces. Yeah. One, if you are a nursing mother, it's, I totally get it. What are you? I mean, like you gotta be with your kid every two, every two and a half hours. You gotta be there, totally right there, it. all night long. But then you make them food, and mm. like last week they loved that meal, and you made it tonight, and it was <laughs> offensive. Couldn't believe that you would sit steak. I don't like steak. You just ate it last week, and yeah. you loved it. Uh huh. So I would say feeding, all of the things that go around feeding, people who hate your food and tell you how much they hate your food, people you having to feed them all the time, teaching them to use a fork, you know, everything about feeding. Yeah. That's funny. There are people in the room just like totally nodding their heads, parent, parents. So so we have potty training and sleep. Mm-hmm. We have whining and feeding. What's the last one? What's the last one? Um. I'm going to go with uh, ooh, road trips. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I feel like I've locked this this draft down. I, I had to have won this one. I'm going to go with um, illness. Ooh, illness. Again, including but not limited to the stomach bug, Ugh. every cold, COVID. If they ever ear infections, they just like continue. And it's like, you can't bring your kid to daycare. I'm like, there wasn't really anything that wrong with them. They just had a fever for some reason. And we don't know why. That's hilarious. <laughs> like, keep your kid home. I feel they like, call you because they hurt their foot. <laughs> you have to come pick them up. What? I just picked them up yesterday. I feel like this was the most resonating thing we've ever done. Spiritual <laughs> and not spiritual right here. <laughs> these things. like You yes. had to pick your kid up from daycare because they were All sick. Right, so put in there. Put in there who won that draft. Those are two that strong. That was a hard one. Those are two strong. We love our kids most of the time. And most of I them. love being a mother. There's it is three a, of them. It is such a it's, joy. It's very rare you'll like all three of them at one time, but that's not different podcasts. So those were, those, those were, that was that. All right. So if you didn't watch 
the first installment of this this series we're doing on revival and things like that. I, it'd be great if you pause, go watch that, and then come back here. Uh, but this is this is really challenging, uh, and it's a great, sweet but heavy season as Rachel and I get the privilege to start leading. Faith Promise, and we were intentional uh, to make really the first thing that we dove into, uh, if you will, like the first fruits of our content and our focus in leading Faith Promise uh, to be around revival, uh, something that's really close to our heart, uh, something that we desperately want to see. And just quickly, uh, if you want to hear more stories about revival and things like that, um, check out the, uh, if you check out the last podcast, It'll point you to a book or two, things like that. Uh, But there's four things that we always see in revival. We see unity in the church. We see prayer. uh, We see confession of sins. And then we see evangelism. And so what over the last couple of months, we've talked about prayer. We've talked about some of those things. But we're really focusing on evangelism um, and sharing our faith. And we're doing it from a little bit different perspective. Uh, and we're, we're using this book. So, uh, and we're not doing verbatim the book. So there's still, I would say, 90 plus percent of the book that you're not going to get unless you get it. But it's called Before You Share Your Faith uh, by Matt Smithworth. Or I said it wrong again. Smethers. How'd you? Smithers, almost Smithers, but Smithers. Um, uh, yeah, either, okay. I have inappropriate jokes there, but either way, uh, great book. If you, um, if you, this guy, there's another book that we read that when we're, we're training staff and stuff, mm-hmm. it's called like the the nine uh, the nine things you do before you read the word. Uh, and so this guy's got a, a pretty cool niche where. He talks about the things you need to do before. So his other books, the nine things you do or mindsets you have before you read the Bible, first of all, killer for you if you're looking to disciple a group or your students or kids, awesome. Little yellow book, much like this one. If you're not on YouTube, I'm holding up a tiny book. Um, but uh, the, it, it's it's just like it. But in evangelism, uh, we're really taking the same vibe right here. And this isn't like a like a step-by-step way, hey, if you do these things, like guarantee people can get saved. This is more like foundational for you, like what you have to be able to know and process and believe before you start to share your faith. And so last time we talked about your grasp of the gospel. And I don't know about you, if you if you listen to it, but I was impacted just talking about it around at what level I've grasped the gospel. And mm-hmm. I think uh, whenever you start to care about sharing your faith, it really is grasping it from an intellectual perspective, uh, whereas really the the true grasp of the gospel is from a spiritual, like a full self perspective and living a life of the gospel. And I really think just in retrospect, we won't talk about it a ton because we're going to move on, but I think you can lose grasp of it. You for know? sure. So I, I, I just think that that's something for you to continually process. Am I grasping the gospel? Am I living a life mm-hmm. of the gospel? And the four R's, uh, because, listen, I know the gospel is dense and big and all the things, but you can, and not just can, it's an expectation from Jesus, Christ follower. Listen, he is our ruler. He is not like, uh, he's not a boss that you obey when you want to. Yeah. He's not a parent that you, you do the things you want to do. He is a ruler. He is king, right? That, that's, that's who he is. And so he commands that we grasp the gospel, 
and we live in such a way where it it multiplies uh, to the ends of the earth. So, so we talked about the grasp of the gospel. Really excited about this next part of it. So, what's the next foundation for us before we share our faith? So, the next thing that we really want to do is check our contacts. Check our contacts. Yes, and I think this is um, an American issue uh, in general. We lack. Um, awareness, like awareness of other people and where they may have been. And so I think that this is, some of us is just like our culture and we just assume everybody knows what we know. Why would you not think the way I think? And your experiences would have been similar, but there is a world full of people who um, have heard different things, believe different things. And it is in your mind to come up to someone and say, God loves you is amazing news. But if you don't understand who God is and um, or what love even is, if your definition of love, like that is not really great news. Um, you may say to someone, well, you're a sinner, which again, it's true, but it's meaningless if you don't know what sin is or if you don't have any guilt or conviction over it. And there are just things that we walk into situation, we walk into situations with thinking and believing, and what we haven't done is slow down and simply ask questions. We've walked in with assumptions, and yes, you have the truth in your hand, um, but we lack the compassion and patience for the place to clearly communicate that truth in such a way that someone could hear it. Yeah, I, and I, I don't know that I agree with what you said originally that it's an American issue. I think that everybody really projects themselves. Like while I was reading that, one of the last books I read on like church planting movements around the world, and people do that. Like people, they, they, they go in, and American or not, and they have their, their view or their context. Mm-hmm. And, but something I think would be helpful is if we take a couple people in our lives, mm-hmm. right, um, and share the context of where they are. So uh, there's a guy that I'm sharing the gospel with. So he attends church. He's dating a girl who is a believer, which is why he's attending, right? So he has an understanding that like there is a God or whatever. However, if there is a God and he's good, then... You know, he he experienced some abuse and some deaths and some things like that. So how how is that like? You know, so so that's his context. What about somebody in your life you care about that's far from God? What's their context in relation to the question of Jesus and the gospel mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. salvation? What are some people in my life? Well, I have um, some like we. I have someone in my life that we're sharing the gospel with who is a Unitarian Universalist um, pastor. Mm-hmm. So very well versed in religions of the world um, and options available. And uh, so when we talk about spiritual things, I'm asking, "Hey, what's your perspective? What is it that you think?" Because I can, when I talk about God, it is a very different view because God isn't just the God of the universe. Well, God is whatever you want God to be. There's a a million definitions of God. And that requires me to slow down instead of assuming when I say God, you hear what I'm saying, the God of the universe, Yahweh. That's not what they hear. Yeah. 
and and being patient and learning what they're where they're at and then being able to communicate yeah, the differences. So there's another guy like I share the gospel with on the plane mm-hmm. who was more of an like an atheist, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, who was also in a a same he was in a same sex relationship, right? In a homosexual relationship, um, but he didn't really believe that there was a God, so there was nothing after, like when he died. Right. So you got this person who believes, hey, there is a God, um, like a like a, a a Christian God or whatever, but his character doesn't really stack up. The person you mentioned who is. They're fine with all the things that the Bible, well, most of the things the Bible says about God and Jesus, but but everything else too, like Islam is right, all those things are right. Mm-hmm. And so then you have this person, the last person we mentioned that, hey, they don't. So I, I just, Robbie did it this way. I thought it was good. So when you walk up and say, you know, hey, you know, Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life, all of those things, hear it. Like their response, like this person's response is, could be like aggressive. Like, you don't know what I've been through. Like, there's no, like, that. that's, you know, just a visceral response. The person you said, like you talked about, could tell you 100%. I totally believe that, right? And then, but you don't know the context. So you just walk away thinking that person's saved and not, they also believe everything else. Mm-hmm. Not the John 14, 33, that, where Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And then you have this middle person that says, I think Jesus is a like a fairy tale, you know? And so either way, I that that um exercise mm-hmm. really brings context to light for me. Yeah. Um, that maybe could help us slow our roll a little bit before starting. So keep on going on context. I just liked that. Well, I think one of the things that helps us, so how do we check our context? Yeah. Always asking questions. We have to become really great at listening Mm -hmm. before we speak. I love one of um, Robbie who had talked about this. He said, if I only had one hour with someone, um, I would spend 55 minutes asking questions and five minutes sharing the gospel um, so that I could gain contact, so I could communicate clearly. And I love one of the things that- And that's an Abraham Lincoln thing, if I'm not mistaken. That's what Abraham Lincoln said. If he wanted to change my mind, he spent 55 minutes listening- in five minutes sharing. I'm almost mm-hmm. positive it's him. But that's just just a – I think that's a, not necessarily like a universal truth, but that is massive. Because Robbie's about to get his PhD, mm-hmm. and Abraham Lincoln was one of the best leaders America's ever seen. So if those two guys were saying, hey, I would, I would shut listen. my mouth a little bit, you know what I'm saying? I just – it really proves a point to me, hey, shh, listen, so that you actually have – one good thing to say instead of a lot of good things you think are good to say. Well, and I would just say, like, remember, this is a supernatural thing. And if Mm -hmm. you are so busy walking in with your plan and your thought and, um, for lack of a better term, your truth, Mm -hmm. uh, you have you could be missing out on something the Holy Spirit wants to do. Maybe the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to even share the gospel in that moment. Maybe just at the end of a conversation, he just wants you to pray over them. And that could radically be like what would cha- would change their entire perspective of who God is, like if he healed them right there in that moment. 100%. But because you were busy with your own thought and your context and pretext that you've created, that you've walked in with, you'll miss it. So we, because we are unwilling to slow down and listen, uh, we miss some things. And I think one way is is for Can us— I Just talk for a second. Yeah. I think something that you're passionate about, 
I, I love so much. There's a part like that talks about the seven manifold um, uh, ministry of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and one of them is is knowledge, like words of knowledge. And so I think that we always lead with figuring out the correct context. But what you just said, Ephesians six, like this is a supernatural pursuit. And so, and this is what I pray for um, when I'm not in my own way is the Lord can explode context anytime he wants to. Absolutely. You know, and so like that, I think that's good. And another thing to just get out of our own way, and it's not an intellectual pursuit, because you can have all the arguments, right? You can have all the things, but if the Lord, if 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 God speaks into your heart to tell him, hey, God just wants me to tell you that he's not going to leave you like you feel like your dad left you or something, you know, something that nobody else knows. Um, and I've only got to do that a couple times in people's lives, but it's transformative because they're like, Hey, how'd you know that? And the only thing you can say is, I, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know that, but God does. And he wants a relationship with you so bad that he spoke that for us to talk about right now. Yeah, He sent me to tell you yeah, right and, now. So again, I think context is what we always lead with so that we're loving and all the things. Mm-hmm. But I think it's also just, just as something you're hoping for, Ephesians mm-hmm. 3.20, uh, that he would blow up context and make it a supernatural event. Because um, again, this isn't an intellectual decision. It's a supernatural decision. But I'm sorry, I just... No, um, I think there's some things that are helpful for us uh, and finding like, hey, what is the context? There are some things, there are uh, places of agreement already with the gospel in someone's life. And so first we have to find those places. Where is there already agreement with the gospel? What's a, what's a, what's an example? I, I have one in my head, but what's an example of that? Like, because I, I think when you say everyone has a place of agreement um, with the gospel, I, there's people who probably say, no, not everybody. You know what I'm saying? So like, do you have one off the top of your head? I, well, I would say like, hey, people are messed up. Yeah, people are messed up. Mm-hmm. And there's like agreement with the gospel, the revolt, like that our our lives, our loves have been disordered. We have been disordered by sin. And you so there is agreement, like people are messed up. Well, what's your thought about why are people messed up? And having a conversation around the depravity of humanity, mm-hmm. I don't think that anyone disagrees that humanity is depraved. Um, you can go, you know, watch a movie and see, gosh, people are awful. You can walk around the streets of uh, anywhere, any city, you would see the homeless and how people would treat someone. And you're like, gosh, people suck. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that's a good one. So like whenever I'll share the gospel, I'll mm-hmm. bring up values, which mm-hmm. is that, like, hey, where do you get your values at? But one of the ones I hear a lot that I think is great is the um, is the intrinsic value that people have. And so people have value. And not mm-hmm. I'm not trying to go the abortion route or whatever, but people, pretty much everyone would say, hey, you can't go murder somebody, mm-hmm. you know, because people have value. Well, it and this is the conversation we had with our universalist Unitarian friend, but if people are just kind of cosmic stardust that kind of actually came together, why does it matter? Mm-hmm. Like why why does it matter? If if somebody dies, it's just they're just fertilizer going back into the rotation of matter. Like why why does why does it matter that that happens? But I would say one of the alignments with the gospel is that people have value. Now, 
we haven't got to the agreement because they're made in God's image yet. Yeah. But there is something when they look at people, when they talk to people, when they feel people, that there's that there's value in humans. Well, if it's just if it's just all accidental, mm-hmm. then where's the value at? Well, and I think another one that's really everyone has experienced suffering. And um, that is one way for us to, our suffering may not be the same, but we can create a new category of saying, well, we may not have suffered exactly the same. Our losses might be different, but hey, together we find agreement that we've experienced loss Mm -hmm. and we can, like our lives can become connected in this place. And how do we overcome loss? Right. Well, and not just that, but just saying, hey, like conversation it you need to make space and listen. And so if we're going in, well, yes, we have we want them to know Jesus, but we have to care about this person. And I think sometimes when we talk about evangelism, they are a project to be fixed, and people are not a project to be fixed. They are someone to be loved and to be seen. And so we have to climb into the spaces of their life. And I think I've, I've heard this one way where people were talking about when they're trying to um, they were talking about an organization and a team, and they were new to the team. And so they they weren't there, and they weren't asking them to make them feel comfortable. When they walked into the room, I think it was um, Condoleezza Rice. When she walked into the room, she made sure the team that she was leading, they felt comfortable. She made them feel comfortable, not demanding them to make her feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And and she, had, she could have played... Absolutely. The victim card because she was African-American and a woman yes, in we, rooms that... That had never been one before. Yeah. And she said that was what she did. And so when I say like, hey, finding agreement in our lives, it's just saying, hey, let's find some places where there's already agreement with the gospel, but also where our lives are like intersect and intertwine. And some of this stuff is like natural. You're going to find people that you just like you jive with and you'll have conversation with and it'll go and you'll find places where you have differences and places you have agreement. And the Holy Spirit will help you with that. But we have to be willing to lay our life down, do what Paul said, which he became all things to all men that he might win some and climb into their life and and basic, and share our story within their context. Yeah, but I love that you, whenever you talked about um, finding alignment and stuff, which I think would be like huge for context for you to get context, because you have to create connection before you're going to find the context that you did that with suffering or challenges. Um, I think believers, maybe sometimes we think that we have to put up this lo- this thing that mm-hmm. life is just so perfect and stuff like that. Um, well, I love that Matt says in the book, he says, our privilege as gospel communicators is showing non-believers how their deepest longings and hopes are resolved only in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, there are... Uh, he quotes Tim Keller saying, often no created thing can satisfy your heart if you get it or forgive your sins if you fail it. Uh, but Jesus can and will. And if this is true, what a story you have to tell. But we have to know what people long for. What they're, and you don't get that just because you showed up with the, you don't have permission into those places in people's hearts and minds. Um, so we have to take time. And this isn't saying, well, you, you know, sometimes people use this as an excuse to, you know, wait forever before you share the gospel. Or, um, but I just think for us, like what we've done is we we don't want to substitute anything for Christ, right, in our life, but being transparent about how we have had longings and um, how we have had sufferings and we've allowed other things 
to satisfy or try to heal us in those places and how we continue to come up empty too. But there's some, you know, talking about the transformation. Again, finding out where people are and what they've experienced in their life, it can be, it changes everything, how you love someone. And you don't love someone well until you know what they need. And so we have to meet people right where they are, climb into their context, into their categories. And then after asking questions, we can create new subspaces where we can come together. Let let me ask you this. What, I'm put you on the spot. I think we all have people, well, maybe this isn't true, but I was going to say a lot of us have people in our life who they don't know Jesus, right? And we, we do know their context, but yet we've never shared the gospel. Like whenever we started this at, you know, really pushing this as the staff, people would say that they're going the relational route, you know, that they're just building relationships. And then we started asking questions and they'd been friends with these people for 10 years, but they've never shared the gospel, right? You know, they, they've maybe invited to church or said they go to church. Um, and maybe that, maybe that gets into some of our, our next stuff about loving the loss and, and some of that. But I wonder what stops us even when we know context, right? Um, it, almost like, can we know context too well? And and I, I, I don't think justify it's the right word, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we know their context so well, um, and then maybe we believe more in their context and the excuses they've given us mm-hmm. more than we've grasped the gospel, you know, and their need for it. Does that make sense? I yeah, I think that's that. fair. Well, I think sometimes we um, we say no for people too. You know, hey, we've been together so long, or we make um, we we don't just say no for them, but we say we say no. Maybe they can't hear it from me because of who I am or our relationship. And all all I would say is again, the supernatural matters. So when is the last time in your quiet time, or just even like any time with the Lord, like you really prayed for this person. You legitimately told the Lord how much you love them, that you know they love them. Hey, God, do you, what word do you have? Like asking God for the things that you need to bring the gospel into that story, into their life. And something as simple as saying, hey, we've never talked about this. And I know this just might be really weird, but I just wanted to know, like, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on X, Y, or Z or um and just start start somewhere. And it's not going to – we have made a lot of mistakes in sharing the gospel. And, um, you know, it, Proverbs says, he who wins souls is wise. You're not wise because you, you could win – like you're wise on the front end. You're wise because you've had so many conversations and you've made so many mistakes. Yeah. And um, there are things that I just – I am so much slower to speak – And quick to listen because I have stuck my foot in my mouth so many times because I didn't ask enough questions. I just made an assumption and I made a declaration and all those things, just like, you know, we talked about, hey, you could say these things and they're true, but uh, considering your your audience, you really could say, well, the Bible says is great unless... You know, the Bible's considered an archaic, patriarchal collection of fairy tales. Mm -hmm. You have to consider your audience and meet them where they are. And not because that's the most strategic thing to do, because you love someone. And when you love someone, you meet them where they are and begin to, to learn them. Not for any other purpose except for, hey, I love you and I want to serve you. And so, I mean, 
and we can and really that just goes into you know, do we really love lost people? Yeah, which which we'll, we're we're not going to rush this, so we're yeah. going to wait till our next one to get into our love for the lost, and if we do, uh, but I do want to just encourage you guys with this before we give you the, the win win steps for for this week. Um, sometimes you don't have time, and, and I don't want to talk out of both sides of my mouth here, but uh, of our mouth, but there are times when you don't have time mm-hmm. to get all the context. And so what I want to encourage you to do is not hide behind that either. And so if you're like, so a couple for me, if I get to play golf with uh, strangers that I may never see again, I have three to four hours. If I'm on a plane, you know, especially from Atlanta to Knoxville, I've got 58 minutes, right? And so like I, I need I need to come to a place where I can provide the gospel in a clear way. Um, and so obviously context is best. And in the in the lives where we live, work, study, shop, and play, we, we, because of our grasp of the gospel mm-hmm. and our love for people, we are leading with context and things like that. But there will be times where we have to step out there and make an ask. And this is old data but the last time I read it, people had to hear the gospel on average eight times before they received the gospel. Well, and Matt makes no, he says, most lost people haven't rejected the gospel. They've just never heard it. Mm-hmm. Well, and, that, and I, I'll totally, totally, especially heard it in a relational way. Mm-hmm. Maybe they've heard it in a, in, a, in a sermon, but there's more and more people who are 20, 30, 40 years old. They've never been to church. Yeah. Right. And so. The, and just think about this, and I, we may have said this on the podcast before, but I've been asking this question. When's, tell me all the times you've been witnessed to. You know what I'm saying? How many, how many, times, how many times have you been witnessed to? And, oh, n- and never outside of the, inside of the four walls of the church. And I, you and I were in, we were in London doing some training, and a guy witnessed us. A guy had the, kind of the tracks on the street. Oh, yeah. And he was doing that. And I went back. I don't know. It was a young. It was it was an older lady. And I told yes. I told her how proud I was of her, and I was I was a brother in Christ, and you know I prayed mm-hmm. for her. But I mean, if we, I mean, you know, we're we're thirty four, and we no one's no one's ever stopped and shared the gospel. Now is whatever. But I would think most people are in that boat. So can people live life around us for a long time and say the same thing? Well, and I think it's just hey, seize the opportunity. Stop waiting for the ideal moment. Stop waiting for perfect circumstances. Seize the opportunity. So if you're sitting next to someone on the plane, you're never going to see them again, and you've got a 45-minute fight, you're not going to get everything perfect or right, but you can chat for 25, 30 minutes, question some of their answers that they give you, answer some of their questions, and then share the gospel as, as clearly as you can, and then... At least you took advantage, like you you seized the opportunity that was there. Yeah. And what we do is sometimes we'll wait for something to be, you know, feel like it's ordained and and mystical, and someone will just come up to me and ask me what the gospel is. But um, that's not what Paul did. Paul was boldly preaching everywhere he went, and there were spaces and times where we see him be relational. But he seizes every opportunity that God gives him. He's in prison, so he proselytizes um, to the guard, you know, and then that guard goes home and tells his family. These are things that we see happening um, in the go- in the word and we can learn from them. Yeah. So, so we want, again, we want you to win your world. So what is next in your walk with God? 
Um, would you just pray and ask God to uh, reveal to you the context of people's lives through questions? Give you the patience to listen and the humility to listen. Um, and then who is next? Who is someone in your life that maybe you don't understand their context? You've been talking about Jesus and the Lord, and you have no idea what comes to mind for them whenever you say it. Um, or maybe who's somebody who you do know their context, and now it's just a matter of, of sharing the gospel in the context that you understand, the God-shaped hole in their heart that you know exists, but you haven't shared it yet. So again, that what is next step in your walk and who is next? You got God, listen, God's a good, good father. He would not ask you to do something that you're not equipped to do. And so I want to encourage you, again, this is a great book, Before You Share Your Faith, but let's grasp the gospel of our life and let's check the context of the people that we're talking to and loving on and the whole purpose that they're in your life. The number one purpose they're in your life is for you to move them closer to or into a relationship with Jesus through the gospel. So together, let's win our world this week. We love you. We believe in you. We'll see you next week.